Let's get it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Let's get it. Let's get it. Pacific 66, 2 0 on the week for the Cougars. Uh, another very, very good night for the BYU men's basketball team. Breaking it all down here. Sean Walker KSL.com. Joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the real radio professional. Trey Weaver, aka Rod Weaver III, from ESPN960ESPN960Sports.com. What is up? How we doing, folks? Uh, we are burning the midnight oil right now in the Marriott Center after a couple of wild wins in West Coast Conference play, uh, not the least of which we'll start with the, the game of the night, BYU and Pacific. It's the one in the WCC that everybody was looking forward to. Just kidding. We'll get to be, we'll actually get to Gonzaga St. Mary's in a minute, I promise. Uh, but let's talk about the Cougars and the Tigers in this one. 81-66 is the final score. Um, this game was very offensive, Trey. Not offensive, very offensive. Uh, 49 total fouls in this one. 51 total free throws. BYU ch- shot just 16 of 27 from the free throw line in a winning effort. But what it lacked in offense, um, and BYU's offense wasn't bad, by the way. I mean, they shot 46% from the field. That's good enough. Pacific just 38% from the field. And I think that more than anything is a tribute to BYU's defense. This BYU team is quietly becoming a very, very good defensive team. And we've said it for a little while now. If they can learn to control those turnovers and 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 not give the ball away so much, they might be all right. And I think that's what happened a little bit tonight. I agree. You definitely notice and see uh, what happened tonight again. And we've talked about it all the time. When you are turning the ball over and you give extra possessions just to other teams, you're never going to be able to get into a flow of rhythm offensively. And BYU, for the second straight game now, has been able to limit the turnovers under 10, if I'm correct. This is the first time since 2021 of November, dating back to when they played Central Methodist and Texas Southern when they were able to do it um, from the numbers and going back and looking at that. So happy that they were able to get some consistency. Um, against Pacific tonight, and hopefully they can take this against Pepperdine because they're going to need it next Saturday against Gonzaga. Uh, BYU in this one had two double-double machines. Fusani Traore, we're used to that by now, right? Fifth double-double of the season. Quietly moved into the top 20 all-time in career rebounding uh, at BYU, which is wild. This is a sophomore. He's a sophomore, and he's already a top 20 rebounder in BYU history. Like, the man gets bored. The man gets bored. Bored men get paid. Um, but I want to talk about the other double-double a little bit tonight. Gideon George with just an absolutely wild bonkers of a game. And, yes, he did thank his beautiful wife, Jess, after this one. So maybe he doesn't go into another slump again. Uh, Shout-out to head coach Mark Pope for making sure that would happen. But uh, Gideon, 30 minutes played, 5 of 11 shooting, two, two three-pointers, for 12 points, 10 rebounds, 7 on the defensive glass, um, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, just 2 turnovers in, uh, did I mention, in 31 minutes of play. Uh, Again, like, Gideon is such, like, a multi-tooled player that I feel like he kind of got lost in how multi-tooled he can be, but when he focuses on the basics, scoring, rebounding, he's proving to be one of, 
maybe BY and maybe even BYU's best players in some ways um, when when he can actually focus on it. Yeah, he's he's ridiculously crazy if you think about just what he did tonight. He kept it simple, and I love how you mentioned simplicity. Simplicity is one of the biggest things about Gideon's game, I think, which makes him so effective. And tonight I love that I saw every aspect of that. Um, I think one of the biggest things I noticed is that Gideon got going early. He did not usually wait. It's tougher for Gideon to get going when he needs to – you know, take his time and get into it. When he's able to hit the ground running, I think right off the bat, when he's able to make a couple of shots, it's really well. And one play that I love that BYU does a lot, I love when he's on the floor with Dallin Hall, and I love when he gets that rotational three and he's just sitting at the top of the key. That's one of his high percentage areas. We talk all the time about guys performing well, but if you look at where Gideon is taking his shots, right there at the top of the key, that area is one of the best places where he can shoot the three from. So I love that he was able to do that. He knocked down two or four tonight, 50%. And his offense got him going. There was kind of back and forthness, that stagnance. The refs kind of controlled the game in the first half, I thought. There was a lot of fouls. I think there was almost 20 total fouls, Sean, or maybe 20 in the first half. But BYU, the name of the story was in that first half because they got a couple of guys that went into foul trouble. The last four minutes of 12 seconds, they um, shut Pacific down defensively, went on a 12-0 run to close out the first half, and ultimately, to me, was what separated them. Yeah, for sure. And that that was that those were there were two I mean, there were two big runs at the end of either half. Uh, uh there was a, also a I think it was a 13-0 run with about 4 or 5 minutes remaining in the second half as well that kind of helped BYU pull away for good. And then again another double-digit run holding Pacific scoreless for the last 420 or so of the first half. Those were really the keys to the offensive game for BYU in so many ways. The other key, I've been harping on it all night, but defense, 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 defense. Um, this BYU team, single-digit turnovers for back-to-back games for the first time this season. Nine turnovers tonight, two off of their season low that was set Thursday against LMU. Um, and maybe more importantly, this BYU team faced forced 18 turnovers including 12 steals. They were really active on the defensive end, just tipping balls, clogging up passing lanes, and they converted those 18 turnovers into 27 points on the other side, 18 on the fast break, really working in a transition, and and that, it feels like, got him going. For that, I'm going to credit, off the bench once again, Richie Saunders and Trey Stewart. Brought in, I mean, I, I know with Trey in particular, Richie had, I think, nine points. He converted some easy buckets on the other end, so we can look at, at him. Trey's not necessarily going to like jump off the page when you're just looking at the the stat sheet. You know, two points on one for one for one shooting, uh, three rebounds, couple of steals there. But those two in particular, I thought, were the defensive glue and the defensive energy. Uh, in addition to Spencer Johnson, you, you always got to mention Spencer Johnson on defense, right? Um, but but those two in those those two freshmen slash redshirt freshmen were really kind of the defensive force for BYU in this one. I agree. If you look at the game going back against when they played um, LMU uh, just two nights ago on Thursday, the minute Mark Pope inserted Trey Stewart, the energy and the vibe changed, and that just helped BYU tremendously out. Again, I think the same thing tonight. BYU was looking for a spark defensively. They put Trey in the game. Richie comes back in the game, and they just step up. These freshmen have been amazing. Yes, they're young, but you if you're a BYU fan, please buy stock on them. Wait, they're doing really, really well. 
they're going to be able to improve. And once they get a lot more experience, you're going to see how well they do. I love that they bring Trey in. And I'm not I'm not trying to put a plug for Trey, but whenever Trey comes in and plays. Trey it, plugging Trey, what? Um, no, and it's not <laughs> Trey plugging Trey. When uh, you put my guy Trey Stewart in for at least 10 minutes, when I've looked at it, I believe BYU's 3-1, and one, I think, against Trey when you insert him off the bench oh. defensively. So yeah. I, I'm just I'm just I'm just paying attention, you know. But Trey Stewart gives them all that of that they need, and I love that Mark Pope is putting him in defensively. I love to see the young guys step up. I'm gonna go a different route. I'm gonna go on the side of let's talk about the block shots. When you think of block shots, who do you think of? You think of Fusini Troy, you think of Atiki Ali Atiki, and Atiki got one tonight. But you know who had the block shots? Gideon. You know who had the block shot? Uh, the block shots? Jackson Robinson. And I oh, think Jackson had that stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think when you're getting defensive, you know, a lot of good defensive productivity out of your guards and your forwards, guys, guys who are guarding maybe two through four, who don't necessarily get matched up with the big guys or who don't rotate off of that. I love to see that. So you you got a chance to see defensive tonight. Gideon had that massive block at the top of key, and that was just amazing. Yeah, is is that? Let's zoom out to 30,000 feet a little bit, and then we'll move on to the game, the real game of the night, Gonzaga St. Mary's. Uh, is that quietly becoming, like, the story of this team? Is this is that what this team is? is they're a, like, we know they're a top 40 team defense, uh, defensive, in adjusted defensive rating, according to Kim Palm. They're one of the 35 best rebounding teams in the country. Offensive numbers are not very good. Shots aren't always falling for this team. But are, is defense and rebounding, is that kind of what this team is anymore? Yeah, I think that's why their motto at the beginning of the year was uh, disruptive defense. I think that's why they wanted that to be that way because I think they not necessarily want to say lack offensive talent, but I think they knew they were young coming in I, with only two seniors on the roster and then a junior who transferred from Detroit Mercer, Noah Waterman. I, with that, they knew what they were not capable of. They knew what they had in the locker room, and they weren't trying to set standards too high. So you see that, and I think that everything's going to be built around that. And Rudy mentioned it tonight in his postgame. Um, defense is what you need to have, you know, and they said that last 10-minute stretch because um, Pacific cut it to 11. They almost cut it to single digits, but it was Rudy that mentioned said, no, we just talked about we got kills. They got three kills in a row, and for people who don't know what a kill is, a kill is three stops. Yeah, three, three, stops. three stops. So they got nine of those, which is ridiculous, and they held them to one possession that he said, and they – forced them to take one shot in transition, and you saw what happened. They closed the game on a 13-0 run, and the game was over at that point, and, you know, Coach Perry threw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. Um, BYU hits the road next week at Pepperdine, then a really big one at Gonzaga uh, in the kennel. Um, I say really big because Gonzaga's coming into – well, I mean, I guess they got one more between now and then, but they're basically coming into this this next big game – with another loss, their second loss of the season. First time they lost multiple games in West Coast Conference play since 2016 Ooh. because of the game of the night. Ooh. Number 18, St. Mary's, 78-70 to 70 at home over number 12, Gonzaga. The Gales are in the driver's seat for the WCC title. 10-0 in conference play for the fourth time in school history. Thanks to Aiden Mahaney, 18 points all but I think two of them in the second half yep. kind of did to Gonzaga what he did against BYU in a no, lot of ways. Exactly Struggled in the first half and then just came alive down the stretch. Yep. This kid's only for only a freshman. Like this kid is going to be so 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 good. Mahaney, I love this from the AP. Mahaney scored or assisted on 19 of 21 points in a stretch that started with the Gales trailing by four points with five minutes to play in regulation until they tied it up to force overtime. 
scored or assisted. Like, he had the ball in his hands on 19 of 21 points in the final five minutes of, of this of a tight game. And let's just talk about the last play of the game. We know how great Gonzaga is and what Mark Few is able to do with this team. So Gonzaga goes up, and St. Mary's has the ball. You know, they're going under – you know, five seconds. Mahaney's doubled. Gonzaga doesn't want him to beat them. Smart move defensively. But guess what? That 19 of 21, he passes the ball underneath in a nice double team, and they get the tie with 5.5, and he forces overtime. You just can't talk about a point guard. You can't just talk about a true freshman with scoring. You have to talk about their ability to generate on the floor and to be able to do that to keep his team in it. If he tries to force that shot, they don't win. Yeah. And he gave him a chance to win. And that's what it's always about at the end of the day in any sport, basketball, football, baseball, soccer, volleyball, rugby, you name it. It is all about giving your team a chance to win. He did that, and then he took over in overtime. He took over in the second half. You saw it against BYU. You saw it against Gonzaga. This kid is the real deal. This kid, in my opinion, can be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year next year. Hot take. Or maybe this year. Maybe this know. year. You never know. Maybe. Maybe. Like, I'm not going to – I'm not – Mahami. That was terrible, I know. Mahami. Mahami. Aiden Mahami. St. Mary's, 21 and 4 overall on the year, 10 and 0 in WCC play. They get a three game road trip at LMU, at Portland, at San Diego before a really, really big game um, against BYU on the 18th. If they can win, if they, if they win through those next four games, uh, and then another homie against Pacific. That will wrap up the WCC title for them. They've got to lose at least two games for Gonzaga to even have a shot at the title um, at the WCC championship. Your best bet is banking on BYU yeah. to beat them, Which, in my opinion. We haven't said that in a while because Gonzaga yeah. hasn't lost at least two games in WCC play. I had to look this up. Uh, I, I had an inclination. My my hunch was right. Gonzaga hasn't lost at least two games in WCC play since 2016. The Zags were 28-8 and eight overall. They went to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament that year, uh, but they also finished 15-3 and three in conference play, a home-and-home home loss to St. Mary's. Do you remember where that other loss came from? Hmm. I have a feeling... I think it also came, didn't it come on the road with BYU? Uh, that one came in the kennel oh, to the Brigham Young University. Brigham, yeah. Brigham. Do you know where BYU is at next Saturday? Hmm. They're in Spokane, right? Look, I'm not calling my shot right now, but I'm just saying, like, history may or may not be on BYU's side for that one. I mean, hey, if you get the momentum, if they beat Pepperdine, taking that momentum, they got a chance, man. You saw what they did in the first game. You know, and I, I, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see a hungry BYU team. I keep telling people well, it was a one-point game in Provo, and BYU missed free throws and turned the ball over way more. So imagine if BYU doesn't turn the ball over and plays the way they played. They got a chance. Gonzaga's very beatable. They're vulnerable. I tell people, and LMU already knocked them off at home. So don't be surprised if someone else can. I'm, I'm not actually calling my shot right now, but no, we know Gonzaga is, yeah. is a good team. We know what they're capable of. Uh, this Gonzaga team is probably going to come in a little bit angry, a little bit hungry. They're going to want to be BYU next week. Um, they've also got San Francisco in between now and then at home. So, so brutal, absolutely brutal stretch. I know this is for television purposes, but at St. Mary's, home to USF, home to BYU. Then they get a uh, they get a two-game road trip, home to San Diego, and then they get to host St. Mary's. Like Again, it's for TV purposes, but... The television folks 
did not do Gonzaga very kind in the back half of the season. I never feel bad for Mark Few and the Zags, but I kind of feel a little bad for Mark Few and the Zags for this stretch right here. Um, is it going to matter? We'll see. Who knows? But tonight was a great game at McKeon Pavilion. Hashtag McKeon forever in Moraga, California. UCCU ain't paying us to use that name. So McKeon Pavilion forever. Um, I think that'll do it for us. Drew Timmy's still really good. Aiden Mahaney is awesome. BYU's finding its form, though. Back in the top, tied for third, I guess, technically. Top four of the uh, WCC standings. The number three through seven spots are separated by two games right now. Two games, anything can happen. Hey, yeah. and, I, and I'm not trying to say this. I'm not trying to speak. Hold on to your distance. butts. Hold on to your butts. But if BYU beats Pepperdine, BYU goes into, you know, Spokane and beats Gonzaga, folks, we have ourselves an interesting WCC. Oh, it, could interesting. it could be very interesting. And I'm going to take what Rudy Williams said. Regardless of where they end up, they know they're a lot better, and I believe that people are going to be scared to play BYU again because you know what BYU can do to you when they get hot shooting and when they find their form and find their identity and who they are and they're finding that out right now. And like Rudy said in the post-game interview, you're going to be scared and they know that they're a dangerous team going into the West Coast Conference Tournament. Let's get out of here on that. Uh, head coach Mark Pope, senior wing Gideon George, senior guard Rudy Williams in the post-game after BYU's 81-66 to win over Pacific. We'll get you out of here on that. For Ronald Ruler the Third, ESPN 960, thank you, sir, for joining me so much. I'm Sean Walker from KSL.com saying good night, and we'll see you next week in Malibu. Uh, I want to say I'm really proud of the guys tonight um, for putting up a fight tonight, and everyone is guarding your yard and rebounding in, and Fools getting a double-double tonight, just being a beast. And Gideon getting a double-double. <laughs> Just being a beast on the offensive glass and just protecting this ball is like what him and Coach Shog be talking all week long and all the time long, just how to like catch this ball and protect the ball and go up and finish and just making plays for our teammates. Rudy did that and Spence and I can go down the list. Richie bringing energy up the bench and Trey Stewart coming in and playing D and so I'm really proud of this group. Questions. Rudy, when did you dis, uh, decide to start wearing a headband during games? And are we call you headband Rudy from now on? Um, I would say I probably decided a couple of days ago in practice. I was I saw Braden in the locker room before practice. He had it on. I snatched it off his head, tried it on, and I was like, okay, I like this. And then I wore it in practice that day, and I was like, I'm just gonna wear it in the game. So, yeah, we can go with headband Rudy for the rest of the year for sure. Does it feel any different? Does your game feel any different playing with one on versus not? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, it's still the same me. Mark, what does it look like as a coach when you have 10, 11 guys contributing and you feel confident that they're going to be able to come in and make a contribution? Yeah. As far as your, maybe, maybe not a rotation, maybe but how confident you are in whoever's in there. 
Yeah, I thought it was super important because we had three guys sitting with two fouls early in this game, right? Spence was out, Foose was out, Noah was out. And uh, I thought, you know, so we, we expanded the rotation. And it's a real luxury not to have to tighten the rotation to be able to expand it when we need to like that. And Richie gave us tremendous minutes. Trey gave us tremendous minutes in the first half. I thought both those guys had extended minutes in the first half, and I thought they were really, really great. And uh, I'm super proud of those guys. And, um, you know, the, the, it's it's hard to see it's hard to see for players and parents and fans and media, um, but but we we need everybody and everybody's gonna have the opportunity to make an impact on the game and those guys made a huge impact. I'm I'm really proud of what they did tonight. It seems like the biggest impact was defensively from a lot of those guys mm-hmm. who came in, especially Richie. Like yep. Richie on defense was yep. getting uh, getting even teamed up yep. with them a couple times yep. and some of that. But yeah. but how big is kind of that spark specifically? Yeah, I was you know Richie had a tough time. He's 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 uh, guard twenty one for some period of that time. And the beautiful thing about Richie, you know, he went on a, a little, um, it was like a kamikaze dig at one point and everybody on the bench just about had a heart attack, but he plays so hard that he actually dug and then he realized, what am I doing? He, he sprinted back and kind of regained his matchup. And, and um, you know, it, he, it, listen, he, he his whole heart in this thing is, is, is in this thing, just like all these guys. And so their energy is super important. I thought Trey, you know, the, both those guys played probably as good a defensive game as, as they've played, maybe with the exception of fouling. Both those guys, I thought, were were leading us on the defensive end. It was, it was terrific. Kitty, in the last couple games, um, you've been shooting more efficiently than maybe in the past. Um, have you changed anything at all? Like, why do you think that in the last couple games you've been shooting better? Um, just keep doing the same thing, you know, and don't change my routine. So just like keep trusting it's going to fall and because I'm, I've put in so much work in it, so to doubt myself, so, and um, that's it. And also, I want to say my beautiful wife is behind here and my beautiful family from New Mexico, they came down here to watch me play. I love you guys so much and ciao. What do those kind of plays do for you as a team to get into transition, maybe get some energy? I would say, you know, they probably spark us. You know, sometimes when we're playing on the right side of the court, you know, it's good to go left. Um, so we got those steals, and that helped us get out in the, on the transition and, um, you know, accumulated easy baskets because of that. Coach, you guys helped him score less the last four minutes of the first half, which led to the 12 0 run that kind of gives him separation because it was so close. Was that due to spending the rotation because of foul trouble? Yeah, and, and that group actually uh, with the Tiki at center down the stretch, and, and uh, those guys, the last four minutes was huge for us, right? Because they just got some space and. Uh, you know, we got some stuff in transition, which, which helped us score a little bit, and it, it was it was it was a really big four-minute stretch. Um, we, we you know we've probably had a lot of success in the first four minutes coming out of halftime, but this was probably our best uh, four-minute stretch before going in, especially with the game and all the frustration was there, and and so halftime was really important. Um, you know, I think the guys felt good, they felt really confident. I you know I told them like, hey guys, it's not time to go have ice cream, right? Like we need to come out and go and Rudy's trying to like you know he loves pistachio ice cream but I'm telling you don't eat the pistachio ice cream man it's not bad bro you got to watch that so we have all kind of very interesting conversations like that at halftime very strategic a lot of strategery going on at halftime for you old old people in the crowd coach uh, <laughs> I've 
laughing. You're too young to know that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it's been a team effort. It's been really important. So uh, there's a couple things that are really important that my guys are talking to me about every day. First of all, they're like, coach, we have got to make simpler, quicker decisions in transition. Make the easy play, the easy play is the genius play. They've been telling me that every day, right guys? Yes, and and I think they're right. Like it's awesome. Second thing that's happening is Rudy and Dallin have like, I don't even recognize these two guys from a month ago. I don't even. Like, Rudy, tonight, in terms of the way he was playing off two feet, the way he was managing ball screens, and then he had two finishes off seals late. And, like, it's just like he's gone. You know, I, like, these guys have, have gained some real mastery over what they're doing. It's so fun to watch. I thought he was incredible with his decision-making night as well as Dallin was. I um, mean, a lot of changing looks. Um, and then G, we, we talked about this last game, but G is ended up pushing the ball in transition lock because he grabs every rebound. And his decision, he's kept his decision making super simple. And simple is great. I mean, that's what it is. And so, uh, you know, I think those are, you know, that, that's been a lot of what's contributed to it. And, and we got to keep going because it, it makes a difference for us. So I'm super happy about the turnover. And I'm just hoping it can continue. Right, G? Yes. Yes. Roll three, you guys. Roll three, you guys. Start with Mark. Um, all the six wins in the league have been by double digits, and then the losses have been by you know, single digits, been yeah. close games. Just maybe the confidence. Uh, you're so mean. That is such a mean question. <laughs> where the team's confidence at down the final three weeks? Yeah. Um, well, f for me, you know, I think I think we're just like I think we can feel ourselves getting better. Like we're getting better. Like tonight, one of the things that. Pacific really stresses people out. I mean, you think about it, Pacific has run through the whole league now. They've played everyone in the league, and nobody has held them under 80, except for San Francisco on the road and us twice. Everyone else, they've scored over 80. And these guys, their communication, their intensity defensively is is has been something we've built on. The rebound, and we're starting to function offensively better. Like tonight, you know, we didn't shoot it great, but we got great shots. And, and there are shots that we'll make that are reproducible. And so I just, I think we feel like we're getting better. We're getting better. And we got to hurry. Like, we're hurrying to get better. And I think we have a chance to do it. Go. Um, I'll say knowing the scouts is, like, really important to what we do. And um, just as Coach says, just we're trying to get better. We're hungry to get better every day. So I think we come in here and with the purpose of getting better and as a team, even our theme and just seeing what we can do better and just bringing it the next day and uh, practice at game. So I'm really proud of this group. Rui, there were a couple of times in the second half where they almost cut it to 10, uh, free throws, fouls. How are you guys able to stay focused uh, to you know, close the game out? Uh, I, I would say probably shift our focus to the defensive side. Um, at one point in the game, we got a triple kill. So it's when we get three kills in a row, we got three of those. So that was nine stops in a row. Um, you know, guys kind of just stopped worrying about the offensive end. It was like, okay, whatever happens on that side, we got to go back and play defense. We limited them in transition, held them to one shot, made them shoot tough shots too, and we stopped fouling in that, that last couple minutes of the game as well. G's charge was a huge catalyst to that triple kill. Like, G's charge, finally, like it was a foul every single time down the floor. And G, G earned a charge in there right there in the middle of that that was huge for us. Last question. Did you guys see whether Jackson was pointing at you guys or one of Pacific's players after his transition dunk? He was pointing at Braden Moore. Um, 
I can't speak on why, but he's not <laughs> ready more. He's just telling Brandon he's next. He's get him next. Uh, any more questions? Yeah, Rudy, I just wanted to let you kind of expand on the, I don't know, it's a long season. Here we are, it's already February. Um, how, how do you want this team to perform over the course of the next five games, give you guys the best chance in Las Vegas? Uh, you know, I just want us to keep growing and keep getting better. Um, you know, get some momentum heading into Vegas, finishing these last conference games. Um, I feel like when we get to Vegas, we're going to be, no one's going to want to play us in that first game. And uh, because, you know, teams realize that, you know, maybe the first time when we played them, we may have dropped the game or something, but they know we're a dangerous team and we've definitely gotten better uh -huh. since the last time we've seen them. So. Rock and Royal, uh, uh, Rock and Navy, uh, uh, know y'all with me, uh, uh, let's get it, baby. Uh, rock and Royal, uh, Rock and Navy, uh, know you with me.